Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. What's up, everybody? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is different and very unique and very special. My fiance, Juliana, actually interviewed me. Uh, We have spent the last couple of days in Massachusetts, where she is from. And so I brought my equipment and we set up shop in the living room of her father's house. And it was a, a really cool experience. She she asked me a bunch of questions and her and I got to talk like really candidly and uh, we got to learn even more about each other. It was an awesome experience. Uh, she's basically the coolest person I've ever met in my life and I know even from this uh, brief, brief time getting to know her through the podcast that, that you're going to fall in love with her as well. So um uh, this is Juliana Fitzmorris interviewing me. I hope you enjoy the episode. Jules, aren't you excited? You finally get your moment. This is your moment, babe. I don't want a moment. I am nervous, though. I used to get real nervous before I would do it. Even now when I interview people, I take a minute and I like go for a little walk. And I go like, okay, hold on one second, I have to go to the bathroom. And I like go walk around my office and I like gather myself and I like go stand in the uh, in the conference room that we have because the air conditioning is really high and it's cold. And so I stand there in the cold for a minute and I like take a deep breath. Yeah, I remember when you first started that this was something that you were really nervous about. And it was yeah. funny to see that from you because you're, yeah. you're not usually so like, I want to say insecure, but like unsure. As you are the way when you first started this. But then you've gotten so good. <laughs> Thanks. And now you're like Mr. Smooth behind the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to do this podcast? The reason I decided to do the podcast was because of that Joe Rogan thing that we listened to where it said it's important to have something that you suck at. And I felt like with the all the other stuff I was doing with the writing and even like the videos a little bit, like the videos still make me kind of uncomfortable, but um, the thought of finding people and sitting across from people and asking them questions and like basically what we're doing right now and how uncomfortable it is, I knew that it would be like really healthy for me. And, but sorry, when you started this, remember you weren't going to do mm-hmm. guests on your show. I know, but I always yeah. wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I think it was kind of my way to like ease into it by just doing um, little monologues. And then you were the one that told me where you said, Tim, but I think aside from even growing the website, like it'll be really good for you to sit down across from people and have conversations with people and learn about them and uh when you said that to me was when i was just like yeah i gotta just commit to doing this what have you like learned or like gained from doing this that you like didn't expect a ton of stuff i mean people are because i i like talking to people but i don't usually go out of my way to like make new friends you know and i've learned stuff about people that well one the podcast with my dad 
was like a really cool moment. It's such a yeah. In my life. It was super cool. Yeah, but uh I, I did a podcast with my friend Tom and he and I have like always kind of talked a little bit, but it was pretty cordial. But after uh after really, really talking with Tom and like getting to know him, I kinda had like a whole new appreciation for him. Same thing with my friend Veronica that I did last week because she told me about her life in LA and like in the music business, but I never actually got to hear like her story and her struggle. And I've been friends with her for, for six or seven years and I got to learn some stuff about her that like I never knew before. Really, like the thing that I learned is that it's 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 weird to say it this way, but the thing that I learned is that now I know I have to just keep doing it because there's so much more to learn. If that makes sense. It's sort of like I got a little taste of stuff and now I kind of like I think about it all the time and I want to keep doing it. Yeah. So like, have you always been like that? Just like doing stuff that you're like afraid of or like. Yeah. But I would do it by myself because I knew that if I screwed up at it, there was nobody there to see me. You know, that's why that's why I like staying up at night when um, I can just write and publish stuff and nobody will know about it. And that's why. Going up, even when I did a bunch of skateboarding, like I would always go out at night and just skateboard by myself because I knew that like I could fall and I could fall and I could fall. But I, I always, I would get really, really uncomfortable. Like even going out in, in groups with my friends and we would all skate together, like I knew I couldn't land the same tricks that they could. So I would always just try to do it by myself because like knowing that I could do it was almost more important to me than that showing other people that I could do it. But I think it was also scared to fail in front of other people. Well, what, but like say like when you could do that trick or whatever, were you like ready to go out and show the world? Yeah, a little Just bit. secretly conquering. No, <laughs> I, I was. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it was such a small moment, but I, I remember in this little tiny skate contest that we did that we, we basically put together ourselves. I, uh, I just ramped over this box that was like four or five feet high and I landed it perfectly. And even still that moment doing that in front of other people, because it was so funny because the reason why I did that was because it was the first trick that I did. And then after I landed it and I heard all the people cheering, I couldn't land anything else. And I remember my legs actually like shaking while I was doing it and thinking like I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore <laughs> but um it's just a different thing when you know that people are watching yeah. I don't know what it is it's a totally different thing I think that uh you see that I mean I don't want to get too off course but you, you see that a lot with like MMA fights too where all of a sudden the lights are on you and you see these people that like have these amazing skills but then all that work up to that one moment and uh, it's just a totally different thing when people are watching you. So why were you ready to like do this podcast now? That was something that's so cool that you taught me is how like you you always you launch your like your websites before like you've done your like your finishing touches on it. And mm-hmm. like I know you've even told your coworkers in front of me that you're like, oh, they're like when they're not ready to launch it. And you're like, oh, like, come on, just like launch it. Just do, like, it. Just do it. Yeah. Why are you ready to do that now? Did that just, that was just like an evolution that happened with you or is it something that you like, you made a decision? No, a lot of it had to do with you. 
Oh man. (laughs) 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 I'm really, really dead serious. I, uh, yeah, a lot of it had to do with you actually just saying, just do it because yeah, I, I felt like a hypocrite sometimes because I do say that to my guys a lot. And I, and with the writing, I think I'm just so much more comfortable doing that, um, that I've gotten over that. But yeah, like it's, it's almost like a good mantra of mine, like hit publish. Yeah. Even when you don't want to like just hit publish, close your eyes. That's a t-shirt just, idea. Hit publish. That is a good one. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, but gosh, I can't even tell you. It was just the first, well, and you know, another thing it is, I'm, I'm terrified of microphones. Why? Jeez, I don't know. I mean, remember how you would say about karaoke and how I'm like, I'll never ever do karaoke. And I really mean it. You'll never see me do karaoke. There's something about a microphone in my face that always gave me a lot of anxiety. When did you experience a microphone in your face that you knew that? Jeez, you know what? I never thought of that. But since you asked me that question, I was really young playing with my band when we first started going. Oh, yeah. And uh, we played this uh, show at this pretty sweet venue on South Street in Philly called the TLA. And I remember having like all this energy because we were playing. And I don't even remember what I did. I I just screamed something into the mic and it was cool. I don't think that there was like a, a, a big deal about it, but like, I remember hearing my voice around me and it <laughs> like, like, oh, like, I don't like that. And, uh, I remember even stepping away from the mic thinking to myself, like, yeah, I'm just going to play my guitar. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's so funny because I think on like the last three podcasts that you did with other people, that was the first thing that they said is they don't like the sound of their own voice. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone thinks that though. And it's just like, it's you'll true. get over it quickly. You do get over it, but it wasn't even necessarily the sound of my voice. It was just how like amplified I was. So it wasn't like the sound of the voice back in my ears, like the tone of it. It was just the fact that like, wow, I can talk into this thing and then everybody can hear me. And uh, it just freaked me out. I'll still never sing karaoke, though. Yeah. I I mean, you could probably get me to sing karaoke. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like, I'm not looking for it all the time. Frank Sinatra, though. It's hard to turn that down. Nope, not me. I, I like when you talk about when you were younger. You're a good storyteller. What's something that, like, what's something that, like, you're, like, eight-year-old, self or 10 year old self like you told them now like what would they be bummed out about that like you don't have like a passion for anymore you don't do anymore you don't like is there anything that you like I don't know if it's about a passion because I've really stuck with the things that I've been passionate about since I was a little kid I think of all times it's it's almost a good realization of that as to me loving superheroes since I was a little kid and Mm. your dad buying me a big superhero encyclopedia (laughs) yeah even though i'm 31 (laughs) but um when i was a kid i was 100 percent convinced that i was gonna fly planes that was really the only thing that i thought about and it wasn't until um the air force came to my high school and and told me about my poor vision that they're like no it's just never gonna happen do you still think about it yeah all the time really yeah i used to watch top gun like obsessively over and over and over i didn't like that movie that's right. You told me that yeah. before. <laughs> I know. I think I told you that like early on when we were yeah, dating and it was angry. like almost a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, or Independence Day. Their scenes, or like even stupid things like video games. I don't know if that video game Star Fox. Anything where I could be like in a plane flying was just, yeah, I was just 100% convinced that that was what I was going to do. I was that kid where we would jump in my parents' Bronco when we were little and I would stand behind the steering wheel and, you know, pretend I'm in a plane. And even, man, I can't believe I'm going to say this on a podcast with thousands of people listening, but when I can't sleep, it's still like my go-to fall asleep thing. No way. Yeah. As I, I like put the blankets over me and I pretend like it's the cockpit shutting. And then, uh, I mean, if I'm really, really desperate, I, I can even put my hands kind of like to the sides of me. And I, I imagine that like they're my controllers. And then I just, I don't know, I fly. I had no idea. <laughs> Go to sleep yeah. with you every night. No, 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 that. I still totally plan on. Uh, yeah. Can you? Can you not do it because of your vision? Or I think I can get a pilot's license. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes like a gajillion hours or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. But the thing is, it's not even necessarily about flying. It's just about going fast. Like, I wanted to be in a fighter jet. I wanted to be in, like, F-14s or, like, real jets that go, like, at least Mach 2. Yeah, you have that adrenaline junkie thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought you to the place that you're at now? With Like, you have your hands in, like, so many different ovens, pots. What's that saying? Pots? Pots. <laughs> <laughs> or brooms in hand. <laughs> Whoa. You got know. a lot going on. Because <laughs> um. you have the marketing agency, the mm-hmm. online marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. You have the t-shirt stuff. You have your personal brand. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a bunch of Sober Nation and other recovery based Mm -hmm. endeavors Mm -hmm. right and probably more that i don't know about (laughs) (laughs) they probably are actually (laughs) you know i never even really planned on having a whole bunch of different things and i was talking about this with veronica last week that it's more of a flaw of mine where as soon as something starts going where i don't have to pay attention to it as much anymore i i look for new things why is that a flaw? Because, well, I guess it's like a, a hindsight is 2020, but I often wonder where I would be if I just stuck with some of the bigger things I've worked on and just gave them like my full 100% focus. You know, like I wonder how much more sobernation could have helped if I didn't think about anything else for the past seven years. But at the same time, like, a lot of it came from this guy named Brian Clark. He's a, a CEO of this company called Rainmaker Digital, which part of that is this website called Copyblogger, which teaches people how to write and like use content on websites to market stuff. And just the more and more I learned about him, the more I saw all the little things that he started. And I basically copied like everything that he's done. That's why... That's why Sober Nation is kind of copy blogger where it's like blogs to build a community. And then he has another one, which he calls Rainmaker FM, which uh, is a whole bunch of different marketing podcasts that he sort of brought under one like umbrella. 
and that's where soberpodcast.com where i got the idea for Mm -hmm. that and then he has his own podcast that he calls unemployable and that's kind of like his personal brand so i thought okay like i'll do that next and he has um this other thing called uh digital commerce academy which is basically uh, online courses and so that's why i started sobriety engine which is the online courses and i just always thought that if i could build like a machine where other people who are smarter than me can do things that i don't know how to do um but i could continue to kind of write and maintain the brands while they maintain like the work needed to be done that I could do them all and I could handle the workload. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a good job and sometimes I feel like I'm doing a bad job. But, uh, but if it weren't for that guy, Brian Clark, that I've like never met, he tweeted, he, he replied to a tweet I sent once and I was like super, super excited about it. But Hmm. yeah, I mean, I would really, really love to meet him. He lives in Boulder. Oh, cool. Mm hmm. So that's where it all... We can go to Boulder. Yeah. I, I love Boulder. <laughs> yeah, <we'll go. laughs> yeah, that's where it all came from. Do you think you get bored? Like doing... Yeah. Some, yeah. And I, I also get... Too. I mean, I know the kids these days call it FOMO. You know, I think of like, oh man, if I don't take... If I don't capitalize on this idea right now, I'll like miss the boat. And um, so I, when I say it's a flaw, I think the flaw is I'm not patient. enough you know i don't think it's necessarily a flaw to like have more than one project going on at the same time i mean i guess it depends who you ask but like the flaw is that i wish i was just patient to sort of let things grow a little bit more yeah but your impatience is like it's also a blessing in disguise a lot of the times i think too what do you mean i don't know it's it's it drives you a lot yeah like i don't know i think patience is like one of the hardest things to learn mm-hmm. like if you're not just born a, a patient person yeah then it's it's really hard to like cultivate that skill i think so too because how do you learn to be patient other than just waiting yeah other than, just like, i'm gonna be patient and to a person that's impatient just waiting feels like awful a fucking nightmare <laughs> <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> it does it does when you have like doubted yourself or like felt like giving up on something like what what has pushed you to keep moving forward to to like where you are today i've never felt like giving up on anything but when i doubt myself um i think of my parents because they had it like so hard so much harder than i did and uh And it was just easy. Like, it's really simple. I try not to overthink it too much. Like, just wake up, get started, and then, you know, I'll doubt myself when I'm done. Like, while I'm working on things, I'm not doubting myself. It's not until either, like, before I started or after I finished that I think, okay, maybe this isn't going to work out. Well, so I guess my question is different because I admire this so much about you that you just always... Even if you don't want to do something, you you like don't even entertain that thought of whether you want to or not. You just like do it. Mm-hmm. It's even to small stuff with like your fitness when when you were swimming all the time and like you were just like I totally don't want to go swim like all these laps right now. I hate swimming. Yeah, <laughs> but you always did it. 
it, this is just so cool. I don't know. What makes you just go do it? It's a fear thing. I'm, man, like, you're really getting me deep here. I've always thought that, like, I was going to die pretty young, especially with, like, the adrenaline stuff. I always pictured something bad happening to me. And, uh, 27 Club? Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, well, now that I've been sober for a while, it's different. And so I don't really feel that way anymore, but, like, really, really used to feel it. And so I was always just scared because in my head I was like, okay, I have like the quarter of the time as everybody else. So you are, uh, you really felt that way for sure. Yeah. One, absolutely. And so that's why I just, when did you sleep. start feeling that way? Was it like an always thing always, or was yeah. that through like your struggles with addiction and stuff or no, always. I mean, it's not the dying scares me. It's, it's, I'm not afraid of death. I'm just bummed out about not living. Yeah. Because I think it's so much fun. I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> you know, so. We were talking about it the other night. Yeah. I wish I had that answer. <laughs> I think, honestly, the time it started, I was just having this conversation with my dad because, uh, I mean, if you remember the podcast of my dad, he was telling you about some of the horrible things that he's seen being a paramedic and he just got this little 15-year-old kid that committed suicide and he was telling me about like, man, how do 15-year-old kids even get that sad? Like, what is there to be so worried about? And, you know, so we were just processing it a little bit. And the conversation came up was like, I remember this song called Father of Mine by this band called Everclear. And there's a line in it where it's like, swim out past the breakers, watch the world die. And I remember hearing that. I don't even know how young I was. I was, I was little. And thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, the world die? Like, you mean, like, this will all be over sometimes? And then what? what is it like? Is there just nothing? Or, like, am I asleep, you know? And, uh, and like, really from that, from that moment on when I was little is when I really started going, like, okay, like, I don't have as much time as everybody else. And so it's just been this, like, manic, manic thing that I have. So, like, when I don't want to go swimming, I think, like, yeah, but you have to because you might not ever be able to go again. What do you think is one of the biggest reasons why, like, other people don't do what they say they're going to do, don't live up to their, like, fullest potential? Because that's something that I know that you actively work on every day is, like, really mm -hmm. becoming your best self. And, like, what do you – and, like, I think so many people have, like, want to do that, you know, and they make yeah. these big grand plans about accomplishing that. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people fall short. Why do you think – why do you think that happens? I think it's because what we were talking about – yesterday that people don't have any problems really you know like if if you're back in just survival mode you don't think about it you just do it and so i think i think it would do a lot of people a lot of good if they would just i don't know get put in the military or just get thrown into the woods by themselves for basically like, just struggle more struggle yeah that's exactly what i mean where people don't have problems like everybody has problems but i think people don't have real struggle where they don't know like i don't know what i'm going to do here but i have to figure it out because if you don't want to go swimming you don't have to and you can just sit on the couch but you know like if you're hungry and you don't want to go to work it it doesn't matter because like you have to go to work or else you're going to be hungry so i think like i think the term properly motivated is 
has a lot of context in you know what your struggle is because if if there's nothing to motivate you if if there's no consequences of not doing anything then like why would you because but there i think a lot of people do have the consequences and they get comfortable living in those consequences me too i think the slogan is like the pain of changing has to be less than the pain of staying the same yeah Mm -hmm. everybody makes a decision when they hurt bad enough and i don't know why maybe like my pain has always been like more to the surface we're like <laughs> oh, i hate how this feels <laughs> 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 but uh i don't think i'm the only one though it's one of the same things no, but i think you. i wouldn't say that you're the only one but i think you're the most consistent one who i think is when you say stuff i always believe you you know i don't there's so many people in my life that do really wonderful things, I think, and put in a lot of good work, like, for themselves or for their, like, communities or whatever. But then there's always some things where they just got themselves in too deep, you know? But every time you say something, like, I believe you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of blushy. Oh man. Yeah, you got me. What are some... What are some like resources that are around now that weren't available to you when you were younger, like first starting like Sober Nation or or even just like in your own personal development, like starting to get sober and stuff that you wish you had available to you back then? Is there anything that like stands out to you? No. Um, The only thing I've ever needed to keep me going is running and books. And Will Smith put it so perfectly. And I know that... Will Smith. Yeah, Will I Smith. I love that we're going to Will Smith. I know. <laughs> it was like a Kids' Choice Awards or something like that. Oh, yeah. And he said, the only thing I'll ever need is books and running. Because when you're running, there's times when your whole body like just wants to shut down. I mean, I've gone through runs where you just... It just is agonizing pain. And when you get through it, you know, like it's over and the sh- the mental strength and toughness that you get from like completing a run that you didn't think you could. And then from books, he said, there's nothing that you want to know that hasn't already been written in a book somewhere. And uh, I've always read and I've always ran. But when I heard him say that, it kind of really clicked for me. But the question was like resources aren't available now. And it- it's you know, kind of cheesy to say, but it's just money because people can say what, what they want that like money isn't everything, you know, but like money is options and, uh, it's better to have options than not. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm all about the being happy with what you got and being content. And like, I'm glad that I grew up the way I did where like, money wasn't a way to fulfill myself with things with shit that like I didn't need. However, being on both sides of it, it's, it's better to have money than to not have money. And anybody that says otherwise is either just like lying or that, or they're, they don't have money. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Or they're just sore that they haven't gotten it yet, but it's, it's better. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. Like, you always, I guess this is a question about, like, 
I don't know, like people feeling like they have purpose or like they're living their purpose or whatever. Because you talk about with a lot of the stuff that you create, how you don't want to just be another blogger or just another kid of the like a screen printing t-shirt company or mm. another motivational speaker. Um, so like what is what are you looking for for that impact that you want to make? Like what what's going to scratch that itch for you? <laughs> I don't know. But my thinking was that I'd rather keep looking to find out than like hope that an answer comes to me. Mm-hmm. Which is that why I guess I just at times I've I've felt like I've had more purpose, you know, especially with with helping young guys that are struggling with addiction, you know, that gave me a whole lot of purpose. Um, man, but then like it, it keeps kind of getting bigger and bigger. Like there's more things that just start to mean stuff to you. And then you think like, okay, how can I get involved with that? But in some weird way, I, I think about it a lot, but I also try not to think about it because I think it's one of those things that just starts to make sense as, as you gain more experience in life. You know, I think it's why, why you see like 21 year old life coaches and I'm just like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, right. what, what could you possibly know about life when you're 21? And I think it's sort of the same thing there. Like, what could I really know about purpose yet? I think I know a little bit more than I did. And I think I know that I want to know more. But, like, I'm 31. Like, what, what could I possibly <sighs> know? You Do know? you think it's important to you know, like know your purpose or be searching for your purpose at least? Do you think that's like... No, not for everybody. No, why not? Um, you know, because at the same time, like, I think that every person is really unique and beautiful. But you know how I'm into like the universe and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's I also got to remind myself like I'm not that special. I don't think purpose has to mean special, but they're like people having a reason to live Mm -hmm. that's not for themselves well then then that's it right there i think that that i think that you just said like what everybody's purpose is no i think i said what purpose means what your specific purpose is is what the question i was asking you is finding what that is because like i believe that there is something greater than me that i'm like living for Mm -hmm. i don't fucking know what it is though you know what i mean and like yeah, maybe that belief is enough. But I, I was asked I guess I was asking you like is is it is it worthwhile to like put more effort into that search of like what is it? Like what is the our like real purpose? Anytime that's that I shouldn't say anybody. For me, anytime I've felt like purpose, it's because I was doing something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think like you'll you'll hear that over and over again. Like, I feel really useless when everything that I'm doing is for myself. Mm-hmm. Because then no matter how well you do, you're just thinking about yourself all the time. And you start, you, you just think about all the things that you're not doing well. Well, I think you lose connection too. And connection is mm-hmm. so crucial to survival. I agree. So I think that, 
I think that everybody does have a purpose, but it doesn't always have to be this grandiose thing. Like mm. your purpose becomes very, very clear when you just start volunteering somewhere or, um, you know, when you work at a soup kitchen or when you go clean the park, when you're doing something that has nothing to do with you. I think it's really, really easy to see purpose because, you know, if you want to get down to like its real, real level, like the purpose of all of us is to basically stay alive and procreate, right? Well, what's the best way to do that? By like helping each other so that we can all stay alive and procreate. So I think it's almost like evolutionary too because if every single person was just thinking like, I need to stay alive for myself, we couldn't do it. Right. It's not... It's, it doesn't evolutionary it, it doesn't make sense so there's like an there's a purpose in our dna that is self-rewarding by contributing to like the tribe now it just feels so crazy because the tribe is like the whole world you know so it's like overwhelming but but yeah like if if you want to find a purpose just go help somebody it'll get really clear really fast yeah, I always love what you've said to me. It's like it's always stuck with me that um, to build self-esteem, you have to do esteem- esteemable things. I know, it's super annoying too. So annoying. Because <laughs> it's like, ah. Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, fuck off. Like, <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs> do you think you would have been a hunter or a gatherer? Man, I don't know. Probably, probably a hunter because I think a hunter, I would have been by myself more. Yeah. I I, I would have guessed hunter for you just because mm-hmm. of the role that you play in Stodzy Media. Mm-hmm. It's like you go out and get clients and contracts and stuff like that and kind of mm-hmm. like seal the deal, you know? Yeah, but man, like, I see the value in both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Yeah, I would have been a, I think I would have been a hunter. There's also something that I thought was very like cerebral about just being in the woods in the morning and like being out there and like being on your own because you think that you're out there hunting, but the reality is like something else might be hunting you at the same time, you know? But you know what you need to be a hunter? What's that? Some patience. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Chasing animals. Yeah, right. (laughs) That was a good question. Yeah. Did you come up with that yourself? Came right out of this brain. (laughs) 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 This one. (laughs) And we're talking about tribes and stuff, and then we like we've talked about what if we thought we were able to hunt but we've never actually talked about like what role would we actually play yeah. in that like primal primal or primitive primal both. primitive yeah they both work <laughs> um i guess this whole thing is just like i'm thinking of things that i admire about you and want to ask questions on how you got there and i think like your self awareness and your w- willingness to acknowledge your flaws I think is something that's really cool about you. And I think it's something that's even a little bit harder for men to do. Probably. Yeah. And I think 
you do really well with with that and what like how did you learn that my mom definitely has a lot to do with it because my mom was just like so honest she's just like an honest person but man how did i learn that i would just observe it a lot where i mean you mentioned men right so i would observe men in particularly saying things that was like so obviously an insecurity that was like trying to be covered up and i don't know in a way i always kind of saw it as like a weakness where let's say you screw up and then you try to pass the blame on somebody like every time i saw that i would always make me cringe it's like oh like you don't but look you strong. said you, you used to weak. have a little bit of that in you, right? A, a one-upper mentality. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it was because I didn't like it in myself. Yeah. You know, that's probably where it always comes from, right? And it's not like it happened overnight. I just... I, I Also, you know what? Another thing that you said that always really, really stuck with me is that it's impossible to like lie to a notebook when you're writing. I think writing has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Because even if you say, if you write down some shit that like isn't true in like in your mind and in your heart, like you just know, like this is not true. <laughs> yeah. And like what a crazy thing to do, yeah, right? Exactly. So yeah. I think writing, I mean, I, I write in my, a notebook, not every day, but most days. Most days, yeah. And, uh, I guess that is a lot of self reflection. That... I think the world would be a better place if people wrote about themselves every day. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's a difficult thing because who really wants to look at themselves all the time? Right. It's gross. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's like, hard. It's yeah. Yeah. And it's really paradoxical too, because it is like the willingness to look at yourself that makes it easier to look at yourself. Right. So like you got to start somewhere. Right. And Every time you do it, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm making, making hand motions <laughs> that <laughs> you obviously can't see. But so if you start here, then you climb up this ladder, you climb up this ladder and it gets a little easier. But then when you stop doing it, you fall back down and it, it makes it harder. So, And I think also the willingness to acknowledge your flaws and make those flaws less of a problem to other people. Like I've had Definitely. employers... Um, who like they know that they're super controlling or they um or I don't know they get like wound up like real easily and like can create this energy in the room that is just it's like hard to ignore but they'll they'll tell me that they'll be like I'm sorry that I get so wound up like this or like I'm sorry I'm so late all the time or like you know they acknowledge it and then it's like it makes it okay like not a yeah, it makes it okay, mm -hmm. pretty much. Like, it's in, I think, human nature to want to forgive people when they can take a good look at themselves. There's something super courageous Your lids. About Your lids. Your, <laughs> really? Okay, so for everyone, we got to talk about this. God damn it. Tim has a lid problem. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be a Tupperware lid, a mason jar lid, a lid to any type, any type of container... He doesn't like to throw them away or wash them. But we talk about him and he knows it's a problem. And now it's become a good joke in our house. Instead of him being like, I don't do that. That wasn't me. <laughs> well, like, that would be a pain in the ass. It's also tough when 
you go to the counter and you're like, oh, hey, Tim, what's this? And then I go, a lid. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, every, all of the, uh, our little, like, all of our little quirks, you know, that we're learning because we just moved in together three months ago, Mm -hmm. you know, all those little things that we're learning about each other. It's so much easier to coexist with each other when we're able to like have those conversations and be able to admit that like that's a that's a shortcoming that's <laughs> i could work on that <laughs> it wasn't easy i i you know i don't know if we'll listen to this but there was a time when i found myself kind of picking on brian a lot brian and, uh, brian Sachs, my partner yeah mm-hmm. and it wasn't for anything in particular it was okay it was kind of so this isn't me picking on him because I would say this to him, but you know how Saxon would be kind of a dick and like he's really short with people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to talk about Brian like that? <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> so he would do that and I would, I found myself going like, oh, there's Brian being a dick again. And I must have said something. And there was this one time where I saw this little look on his face. And I was like, man, I think I just like hurt his feelings. And I made like a real awareness and it, it just kind of hit me that like, okay, I'm fucking with Brian for being a dick probably because sometimes I know that I can be a dick and mm-hmm. it's easier to like push the attention onto him than onto me. So, you know, I'm not saying that that was like the first time that that ever happened. But when we were talking about those little quirks where like admitting that it's a thing and like working on it. That was like a, a big example for me because for whatever happened with that thing, I mean, Brian and I have been through so much and like I had to actually say to myself like, okay, I'm not going to pick on Brian anymore. Because the thing that happened is like when I realized it, it really did not make me feel good. It it's so funny. Bad. I had an experience like that, but it, it along the same lines mm-hmm. where like I would get real jealous about people having things or doing things that I didn't have or couldn't do yet or just didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like I would always, like I would be envious in a way that like I didn't want them to have it anymore. Like, if I couldn't have it, I didn't want them to. And I would never say that to anybody or I would never do like get in anybody's way. But I would have this feeling of just not wanting them to have it. And I had to really make a conscious decision to instead of like want to take that away from them, like celebrate that more for it. And it like and it really helped me push myself forward to like because I want to feel that own celebration for myself mm-hmm. that like I'm like trying to have for other people. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt me. And it was it was thing. hurting me want like feeling that envy. Yeah. It, Cause, and then it just, cause it made me feel less than and not want to like when you're feeling that way, you don't want to work as hard towards something. Well, not, not for me. That's not the way my brain works. I know a lot of people like that can add fuel to their fire for me. It doesn't. So I had to like really rewire my thinking in that way. But I would say the same thing about you with your self-awareness. I've, I've never seen you see something about yourself and like pretend it's not true. And uh, I think that's maybe why we get along so well. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) 
and why we don't have any other friends. We're too busy to be self-aware with each other. <laughs> Just kidding. We have friends. We had a dinner party we last week. <laughs> um, we're probably getting ready to wrap this up, right? It's been a little while. Yeah, usually about an hour. Is when a good podcast is. If if you could give advice to someone when they turn off this podcast today and they could like make like one change in their life and it could like affect anything with like business health relationships like how be it what is like one thing that you think people should change or start doing like today the first thing that they should do is delete every social media thing that they have. <laughs> so you're like, that's... Yeah. That's the, <laughs> so much to do with your business. But... I know. It's so true. <laughs> I... <laughs> delete every social media thing that you have. And the reason why is because like... So my real answer is sort of contingent on that. The thing that I've come a long way with but still struggle the most is I wonder what other people will think about me doing a thing that I'm doing. What's a good example? You know, even this podcast, like how we just talked about it. I think a lot of people don't do things, not because they don't want to or not because they can't, but they're honestly afraid of getting laughed at. You know, I think that like getting picked on or getting made fun of or being ridiculed is like right up there with speaking in front of people. Super crippling. Yeah. It's like really, really crippling. So like somehow, somehow everybody has their own thing. Figure out a way to just not care and just hit publish, you know? And it doesn't even mean that you need to be like a web guy like me. Like maybe you're trying to build a house or maybe like you want to make a piece of art or I mean, geez, I don't know. Maybe you want to be an accountant, right? Like, whatever it is, just stop thinking about what other people are going to think about your work and just do it. Because I've, I've found that they're not actually, they don't actually think it sucks. They wish that they could do it themselves. So anytime mm-hmm. somebody's talking shit, it's not because they're actually talking shit. It's because they can't do it. We have like a motto at Sazi, like, those who can't do talk shit. And, uh, I like that. <laughs> like, That's really good. Say it all the time. And so like if you're worried about making a video or you're worried about making a piece of art or singing a song, even if like you're not a good singer, you know what I mean? Like who cares? Right. Just do it because at least you're trying. And I mean, Bob Dylan sucks at singing. You know what I mean? Like, I disagree. Ugh, but it's the worst. <laughs> that's a different conversation. It's a totally different conversation. I don't know. People say that about Bob Dylan and Neil Young, and like, man, Neil Young's got a much better voice. Bob Dylan's a great songwriter, but like, the point I'm trying to make is, yeah. <laughs> is if you suck at singing, it doesn't mean that you're not a great songwriter. You know, if you suck at, I mean, geez, for me, like, I. I'm kind of awkward in front of people, but it doesn't mean I'm not a good storyteller, mm-hmm. right? Like there's always a way to make it work, but you're never going to find out what that is if you don't put yourself out there and like being vulnerable. And I was waiting for you to say that word. Yeah, it's super hard because you're, you're like, 
you're putting yourself out in front of everybody for all of them to pick at you and poke you and tell you like that you're not good and what they think you should do but Mm -hmm. you know they're not doing anything so i don't know fuck those people fuck that (laughs) yeah Fuck them and hit published. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Fuck them, hit published. Next on New Life Clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me interview you. I know I wasn't the only person in line wanting to do this. Yeah, but you're my favorite. Hey, you're mine. Great. It's so cool. <laughs> it works out perfect. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Can we stop it before it happens again? Sure. <laughs> One last thing, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the kind words and the emails. Please hit subscribe. Please leave a rating on the iTunes because that's the best thing you can do to support my show. Uh, I'm going to link Juliana's instagram in the show notes so (laughs) please tell her how pretty she is it's basically our instagram (laughs) (laughs) and uh and uh i really want to hear your feedback on this it was uh it was strange to be on the other side of the mic to be interviewed instead of being the interviewer so it was a cool experience for me and and thanks jules i love you i love you too bye guys see you next week